Welcome to Black Men's Mental Health Podcast. Definitely gotta take into account your mental being. People out there is not gonna understand you unless you let them know. You gotta tune into your own mind and put it at rest. The only person that's gonna help you is yourself. Society doesn't want hey, what's going on? To play going on, podcast. Um, you know, first, I always got to thank everybody that listens to the podcast, man. You know, now my throat sounds a little bit uh ranchy today, is because this weekend I was at a wedding and uh was doing a lot of shouting and yelling with friends and, and stuff, so it was uh, it was crazy. So, my, my voice is a little bit, a little bit uh, I lost my voice. Um, so bear with me, okay? But uh, first, I got to thank everybody for making this a top 100 podcast in the world for mental health. We are still on the list. We keep going up and down because the more, the less I do podcasts, the lower I go. Uh, you know, um, also, we're on the new list of Black Mental Health uh, Podcasts, and we're number 32 on, on or out of 60 that they have that they uh, listed. So, you know, we're on our other list as well. So, like I said, you know, I, I'm I'm at a point where I'm not even following it anymore that that much as I as I was. Um, I just appreciate everybody that's listening to the podcast and everybody that you know showing love. You know, um, also um, also my uh, product line. I've got a lot of uh, emails about that. People hit me up about that. Um, I got new packaging, all new packaging, better ingredients. Uh, still on natural, um, and I'm expanding the catalog of what I will be offering. So check that out pretty soon. That's coming um, in the next week or two. The website will be updated because if you go on right now and you order something, I'm going to give the money back because all those products you see there are like no more. I sold out of everything, and um, the only thing that is available is the women's fragrance. I still have those. But as far as any of the men bombs and butters and stuff, those are all gone. Uh, brand new packaging, brand new formulas, the scents are better. Uh, I still have the, the signature Redwood Golden Night, but uh, it smells better. Better ingredients, better shelf life as well. So uh, check that out pretty soon. Also, if you can get a chance to buy my book, man, buy the three uh, keys to success. Um, it's a great book. Uh, I am very proud of that book as far as like the advice is given and the help is helped a lot of people. And I'm very proud of that. Um, also, you know, Black Men's Mental Health Bible, we already know how legendary that is and how many people is, uh, it's affected help. And, you know, let's keep spreading it. Let's keep spreading the news. Okay. So, um, this weekend, I was I had I was very fortunate enough to be in one of my best friends, good friends, uh, wedding this weekend. It was beautiful. Um, not only reconnected with old friends, but became uh, created some new connections and brotherhood. And people that know me, I'm not very, I'm not the most sociable person in the world. I know people think like, damn, you know, the way you talk on a podcast, you know. But I'm very, I'm not a very sociable person. So this weekend. Really, uh, I'm, I'm sociable when it comes to business or giving advice. I give speeches all day, stuff like that. But when it's like friendship situations, you know, um, I'm very, uh, very uh, introvert when it comes to that. I'm not, I don't open up too much on a friendship level. But this weekend, 
uh, with the wedding and everything that went on with it. I was able to reconnect with friends that I've known for many, many years, but really just reconnect those bonds. And then also I created new ones uh, with, with new people. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that I could call my brothers, you know, uh, because we bonded uh, during this wedding process, which was uh, phenomenal. We was in text message for weeks uh, to try to get everything together. And uh, it was just a great bonding experience. And it, cap- it was capped off with the wedding, and which was absolutely beautiful. If you follow my Instagram, you know who got married and you'll see all that there. But um, I, am, I, I am very fortunate and, and grateful that I was able to be in that wedding. So, and I, I'm, I, and it motivated me too. It motivated me because a lot of people that uh, I was are in different industries, uh, mainly entertainment, but you know, different industries here and there. And it just inspired uh, being around all these, uh, all these men and just was being inspired by some and just inspiring me. So um, yeah, just really inspired me. So it was definitely a great week. Let's keep it going. Let's talk about, I want to do a part two to products or services. Um, now, I don't know if you, you notice, uh, every year, of course, Paris has this big uh, Paris and fashion designers um, come out to, you know, fashion show, you know. Um, I'm not sure which one this was, but of course, a lot of black celebrities was there. Erica Baidu, Janet, Kanye West, just a lot of black, Aiden Smith, uh, just a lot of black uh, stars were there. I th- And when I saw the imagery of them promote, of course, they're going to promote Janet there. They're going to promote Kanye there. They're going to promote, or I think Kanye walked in one of the, the shows. Um, it just... It just reminded me of the podcast where I said, as black people, we don't value our product and services. I said to myself, have we ever seen a fashion show that was with black art, with black designers that these stars flock to? Um, Now, I know when somebody like Diddy or Russell Simmons were having fashion shows, you know, people were flocking out. But what about the independent fashion uh, shows out there that if one or two big celebrities came would really launch those products to the next level? And that doesn't happen. I'm in the city of Orlando, and um, there's a lot of fashion shows, a lot of um, black fashion shows, minority fashion shows, and the stars don't come out for that. And it just really made me say, it really made me see the point I was making in the last podcast about we don't value our own products or services like we value other cultures. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that as a Black person, you can't support anything else. I'm not saying that at all. I, you know, I, I feel that, you know, if you're a diverse person, you should support everybody. But it should be an emphasis on supporting our own black brands because it builds generational wealth. If Beyonce popped up at a fashion show and said, I like this this designer right here, overnight that designer would be rich. Overnight, completely overnight. It's like when people, when, when uh, Oprah does her book club and says, I like this book. Overnight, that's a bestseller. Overnight, it's a bestseller. The, these black people have this influential power, but we don't use, they don't use it for the culture they use for other cultures. 
They use it for Louis Vuitton, which is a $2,000 bag, but won't use it for Louis John. That's a $80 bag. Because, of course, cheaper, it's the idea that it's not as prestige. But they continue to support, but then right afterwards promote black power and their blackness. And don't worry, I'm not mad at these artists. I'm not mad at these people. I'm mad that we have been conditioned to be okay with the phony. We're okay that our black artists are not supporting anything black, but once they drop an album or music or whatever they drop, we run to support them. We need to understand that support is so important within our community. Jordan is a billion-dollar brand. Billion-dollar brand. Easily. They say Jordan makes $3 million a day. And that's mostly minorities, black people that buy Jordans. It's a staple within our community. Jordan is rich, a billionaire, off of the shoes, not even off of his career, off of the shoes. We made that millionaire. We made Kanye West a billionaire. We made Rihanna a billionaire. But why can't we make others billionaires? Why don't we support the local stores? the local franchises or the the up-and-coming franchises? Why don't we support the music? Why don't we support anything that is truly black? You know, lately I've been getting the music itch, right? Really getting the music itch, you know, because if anybody knows my career originally, my career originally was in the music business. I started the music business, Society Entertainment. And as I was reminded this weekend, uh, with my meeting, you know, everybody in mama was signing me. I, was, I, was, I, I had the city on lock at one point. You know, I was big in the music, but I wasn't making no money. Um, but I was getting, getting itch, but back to what I was saying, I was getting itch, and I had a meeting today with somebody, a potential person, maybe I work with, who knows. And... um. She was talking about a genre she wanted to do. It was she wanted to do very spiritual, black, cultured uh, music. And I said to her, and, and I said this without even thinking. I was like, that's not going to sell. I was like, I'm not here to invest in stuff that I know is not going to sell. Now, after I said it, I thought about that comment. I really thought about the comment I said. And I said to myself, I just did a podcast that we don't appreciate our own products and services. And as soon as I'm able to put out product and services for black people, I say it's not marketable enough. It crushed, I may have crushed somebody's dreams. I'm a product of it as well. Now, there's two sides of the coin, though. See, my business side was thinking because I know that anything that's not negative when it comes to black music doesn't sell, unfortunately. You know, people like the twerking girls, you know what I'm saying? Like there's that girl out, Ice Spice, you know, you don't feel you? Oh, he a munch. You know, and then and talk about eat booty and all this other stuff. That's great. People promote it. She's an overnight a sensation. But there's sometimes somebody like Thames that's been struggling for years with her music 
she gets a break. But after that, where's the more breaks? But this girl from the Bronx is talking about people eating her out. She's getting attention, getting on the biggest shows in the world. Because we're in the mind frame to promote everything that's degraded us. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think there's a place for that type of music. It should be. I think it should be a, a, a place for all music, all types of music for the black community. We all support it. And there's a phenomenal artists out there. That I, some people are like, oh, those gar- gar- artists are garbage. No, they're not. It's just that you feed into the mass hysteria. And I do too. You know, as a businessman, I'm thinking like, well, if I invest this money in this type of music, nobody's listening to it. So I'm not going to put it out. See, I think as black people, we tend to want to create the movements, but we've seen in the past that the people that create the movements are never, never benefit from the movements. DJ Ackerman said that, um, he said a comment, and, and I wasn't going to say his name, but I don't care anymore, um, that he said that um, old rappers are dusty, why they not making bread and all this other stuff. And uh, LL, you know, he came out educated. He's like, when we came with rap, there was no five, 10-year business plan. They didn't believe in the genre, so they didn't look at it as long-term. So you couldn't invest in long-term. You couldn't do a five, 10-year plan with rap. You couldn't, you know, do certain things and certain endorsements and stuff like that because at the end of the day, they didn't believe in the genre. So you had these young people that are the pioneers of hip-hop. They're broke down not because they didn't try is because at the end of the day, there was no avenue for them to have that longevity. Now, there's some rap older rappers that have done things like LL branched off into TV and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Ice Cube, TV, uh, you know, movies and stuff like that. So they branched off to other things to keep their bread up. So they're rele- re- relevant now because they went into a different field. Ice Cube, making movies, being in movies, you know, directing. You know, these people transition. But for the rapper that's just a rapper, like Cool Herc and these people that are just straight rappers, if they didn't go into anything else, they're going to be broke because at the end of the day, they didn't make money back in the day. Granted, they probably making money party from touring and stuff like that. But in general, they're not making the money these guys today are making. Now these companies, investors want to invest in rap. That's the only thing they invest in, anything negative. If it's not entertaining, we're not being invested. How many schools are being invested in? How many hospitals, uh, you know, uh, supermarkets, uh, schools, things like that are being invested in the black community? None. Because at the end of the that they want at the end of the day, it doesn't make money. So our services and products are just nothing. Nobody cares anymore. Not like they ever did, but I'm saying in general, they don't care. And what can we do to really change that, unfortunately? And I'm asking that question because I don't know. Because like I said earlier, I caught myself, back to my story, I caught myself saying that. And I thought to myself, wow, you just did exactly what you say happens in the black community. You are a victim. You are a, a you, are, you, you are not helping the culture. I could have, you know, I mean, make a drama, but see, like, like I said before, let me get back. Cause you know, I get sidetracked off on my podcast, but like I said before, 
we are old enough to have seen that everybody that starts a movement never benefits from the movement. And that's a scary thing. We're not like we used to be back in the days. We're dying for the future. You know, I'm going to give my life for my son and the future of my culture. We don't have that mentality no more. We have that We have that mentality. I want it now. I was talking to somebody about this this weekend. I was like, man, you know, I believe Amazon Prime. You know what I'm saying? Because right now I'm at a point in my life where, like, if I can't get my package that day or at least the next day, I'm I'm upset. And then uh, Jim said, you know, his father told him, remember there was a time where you didn't get packages for like two, three weeks? Uh, you know what I'm saying? He was like, damn, you know, it taught him to slow down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And I remember those days. I remember those days where, you know, it took you order something online. It took a week or two for, for you to get it. And he was okay with that. But now, shoot, let's start, not, not come the day of or the day or two days later. I'm going to be upset. Because everything has to be now. And that's how we feel about fame, fortune, and money. We're not, we're not working for the next future anymore, for the future. We're working for us. And all of our leaders that thought about the future died. Let's be real. Any man, you know, one of the scariest points of my life, and I think every black person felt it, is when, now, Technically, Obama is not black. Let's be real. He was born of a white mother. His father was black. So he's mixed. But, you know, for for argument purposes. I know the night he got, the first time he got inaugurated and he was standing there, gave it his speech. I was so fearful that somebody was going to catch you. Like, I, I know a lot of people were scared. Like, damn, it's mad open. You know what I'm saying? And that that fear came because anybody that's been a leader to the black community, a true leader, has been assassinated. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. I mean, countless leaders, leaders that we don't know about that were in the community were killed. And the only leaders that we have right now are the ones that are selling out making millions of dollars off of the black experience but are doing nothing for the black experience, exploiting it, but doing nothing to change it. So we're fearful. We've been taught that you will get shot, put in jail, or, or you have problems. And nobody wants problems. I'm not, you know, I'm not here in this lifetime to give my life for a future that I don't even know will happen. Like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and other people that have died for us, our ancestors that died for us would be ashamed of us right now. And they would be ashamed not because of freedom we have, or they would be ashamed because of the availability of the knowledge and what we could do today that they couldn't do yesterday, and we don't. As a people, we have so much buying power. Billions of dollars from the black community, Mercedes-Benz, liquor, Jordans, billions of dollars, iPhones, billions of dollars from our community. And we are the poorest community in the nation with the, the, the biggest spending power. That doesn't make sense. I really, really don't understand 
what needs to be done. You know, um, and like I said before, it is scary to be the one to start it because those consequences, you know, I want to live to see my kids. I want to, I want to live to enjoy the fruits of my labor. You know, we become very ethnocentric, which means that the world revolves around you. Everything's about you. We became like that. And it's hard to find people that are about the cause because everybody wants to benefit. But, you know, if you want to email me with some answers, maybe I'll do a whole podcast just on the answer because I don't have it. I'm going to be real. You know, I, I saw I was solving my issues and creating my world. But to help the culture, I don't know what needs to be done to help the culture. Because it's really, uh, it's tough. It's a difficult question. But back to what I was saying before. Because um, you know me, I get on a tangent on my podcast. That's why people love it. Because, you know, I go off all the time. But we don't value our products or services. I'm, I get so mad. I got so mad just today when I saw Janet Jackson, Erica Badu, Jaden Smith, Kanye, Pharrell, all these art, all these black so-called artists that always preach about blackness and togetherness, but they always supporting the white man's products. And we accept that. We're okay with that. We actually like to see our celebrities there, and that's fine. But why they, can't they be at minority fashion shows. Now, don't get me wrong. I get it. When you get to a certain stature of life, you got certain money, you go where the money is to make more money. Being seen at these fashion shows gives you more coverage and more, you know, news. Your picture goes viral. You get in magazines, articles, all that stuff. Your exposure is more, which opens up more opportunities. I completely understand that. And I'm not trying to stop nobody from getting their money. Because at the end of the day, if my ass was advised to Paris, I'm going to be sitting there too, talking about wee wee, boucherie, all this other crap. So don't get me wrong. But you can still do the other stuff as well. And that's all I'm saying. You can support both. Because literally Beyonce, Jay-Z, these guys literally by a tweet can make a billionaire. Just with a tweet. Just with a tweet. But see, this is the problem. Why should they tweet when it's not profiting them? See, that's how they look at it. Why am I going to tweet this producer? I mean, tweet this designer when... I'm not endorsed by him. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting paid. I'm not getting money. Because he's black and he's working hard. Give him a break, just like you've got a break. But see, they don't see it that way. Now, can I get mad at somebody for saying my work is worth something? Yes. No, I can't get mad at that. But 
I get mad when they talk about they support black. See, that's the problem I have. When they start talking about they support black and all this stuff, let me tell you, I'm going to be 100% real. When I started this podcast, I reached out to so many people, different black networks, and I, I reached out to a lot of people, okay? I reached out. I got nothing back. Russell Simmons. Damon Dash. The FUBU guy. I reached out to so many people about my podcast. And not one reply. Not one. I reached out to people about my network. It's a black-owned network. I said I have, you know, not one reply. Now, that's why I don't have the the truth of why I don't have podcasts because all, you know, the people that support it and that was messing with me is the people I already interviewed. After that, there really isn't nobody else. I don't really care about the features or having guest people here. I tried that, but at the end of the day, it felt fake. It felt phony, and I didn't want to have a combine that wasn't beneficial to my energy. So I don't do guests. Can I do guests? Yeah. I get people that hit me up that want to be on the show, all that, but I don't. Because the podcast, I always said to y'all, I'm not doing anything. I'm not, it was never meant for me to cake off of it or, or, or use it as something. No, not at all. Not at all. My platform is not your platform. My platform is my platform. Is the people that listen to me platform. I shout them out all day. Their businesses and everything. But somebody else, nah. Not because my pop-up articles. To, to, I don't do it. And I know some people say, you stupid. This is a product that I produce in, in my life that's authentic and real and wasn't corrupt. You know, when I, of course, you know, and let me, let me say something. I'm going to be real, too. It's okay to make money off the black community. So I'm not sitting there saying, oh, black people shouldn't make money. But if you're offering services that are helping, that's fine. That's completely fine then. But most people aren't offering anything that that, that could help. You know, like a doctor or a lawyer or or or, or a podcast to whatever. If somebody's providing you with services, they deserve to get paid for those services. And it's okay to accept money for them services. I'm doing it for the culture. I'm taking the time to in, embed positive uh, services or, 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 or render services that are important to the black community. And at the end of the day, just like we'll pay Louis Vuitton for a bag, you play a black person, you could play, pay a black person for their services. Point blank. But you shouldn't go into it to say, I'm going to do this black thing that's going to rile black people up and get paid. See, you're not really caring about our culture by doing it that way. It's like I always say, I always say, like, you could have your cake and eat it too. But see, we don't want to do things right. We want to rush. We want to use. We want to manipulate. But we never want to do things right. And that's the problem. That happened with me. 
could have my cake and eat it too in life. I could have done everything. All the things that I looked at as a negative that I was doing, there was a positive way for me to do it and still get the still get the satisfaction from it, the ego boost or whatever you want to call it. But instead of me saying, okay, let me do it this way. Let me do X. Let me do A, B, C, D, E, F. Let me do that to get to Z. But I wanted to do A, S, G, Z. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't have the patience nor the mentality to do it the right way. So the result I got messed everything up because at the end of the day, I created that world. I should have vetted people better. I should have paid more attention to my wife and my kids. And There's a lot of things I could have done better. I didn't value my relationship. I didn't value my black queen. I didn't value certain things. Just like as black people, we don't value products and services. And when you don't value it, you abuse it. And it doesn't mean you abuse it physically by punching it, but you abuse the, its worth in your life because you are not seeing the actual value. If I saw the value in my marriage or certain people or certain things, I would have handled things differently because every, when you value something, you do, you do everything you can not to mess it up, whether breaking it or to stop services being rendered to you, whatever it is, you do everything in your power to make sure it doesn't stop. And you want to, and you want to protect it and caress it and make sure it's good. But when you don't really value something, you don't care. It's like, I want, I want a razor. I want to cut my hair. Right. And I, I, I don't value that enough. I just want the results. I just want a bald head instead of like, let me go to, the stores, do some research, what, what's the best, uh, you know, shaver and stuff like that. Buy something of quality that lasts for a long time. But instead, we'll go to the store, buy the cheap CVS uh, razors, and then keep keep uh, doing our head with that. Now, what are the results? You still get a bald head. You do. So each one, the cheap two $5 razors and the expensive one, that you research to make sure it's good for your head, they both got you the same results. So in my life, I was getting the results I wanted. But see, this is the problem. Because I cut corners with the razor, now I'm getting razor bumps. I'm getting ingrown hairs. Um, my, my skin is not smooth. It's dry. I got, I got uh, you know, uh, little cuts on my head. See, that's what I, so that's how I compare it. So yeah, I may have gotten the results I wanted after I cut shit my hair is smooth, it's cool. But one way, my head is going to always look good, always stay, look healthy. The other, my head, you know, razor bumps, scratch, scrapes, bumps, ingrow hairs, all this stuff has developed. Now I have to deal with the backlash of that. So it's not about, it won't, it's not about my head being shaved anymore. It's about me making my head look better. See, that's what happened to me. You know, I got these results I wanted, but it affected everybody. Now I have to tackle that because I didn't do it right the first time. Because, see, when you don't value something, you don't care. You just value the results. I just want a bald head. But I don't value the shaving experience to take care of my head. I didn't value it. 
And that's how black people act when it comes to other black services and products. We don't value those. I, I would see, a, a, you know, I, I, I seen guys out there, you know what I'm saying, Jordans. And I see Jordans because they, you know, they're already sold by Nike, which is a white company. So let's be honest. So, you know, I see people will, will freaking treat their, treat their shoes like their, like their baby, clean them every day. Don't even want to wear them all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because they value that. They go out and buy four or $500 worth of Jordans and they keep it pristine, clean, everything because they value it compared to if they bought a $20 sneaker, they're not going to value it. You get the same results, but different outcomes. My results, I got this, I got the same results, but the outcome was different for me. So I know you say, what does this have to do with black products and services? It has everything to do with it because at the end of the day, we don't value it. So we don't treat it as we should. They go to, they fly to Paris. Like that's like a, $2,000 ticket plus to, you know, they're staying in the most expensive hotel. So that's even more money. And then they're sitting in front row seat. If they didn't pay for it, either they got a ticket, but whatever, no matter what, they paid a couple thousand dollars just to be there, all that. But would they pay a couple thousand dollars for products for black people? No. Because they don't value it. They don't value black products. They don't value black services. Kanye flip-flops every day. One day he's for the black people saying George Bush don't care about black people. Then the next he's talking about uh, Trump is great. I'm voting for Trump. Then the next he's white man, black, black lives matter. The next is white man. You know, at, at the end of the day, he's everywhere. And, and I don't think he's everywhere because his mind is everywhere. I think he understands what it takes for him to stay in the media, for him to stay relevant. Because let's be honest, Kanye West's music has not been relevant for a long time. I don't think it's been really relevant since late registration. And I mean relevant, like back in the days, he was doing some hits. He was doing music that was classic, that was timeless. Nowadays, I mean, he have a spark of dopeness on albums. Now his last three albums, like sparks of like dope songs here and there. But like College Dropout, Late Registration, those are classic albums that he could just tour on. After that, he ain't done nothing really relevant in music. Everything's been Yeezys and all his 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 uh, shenanigans and all that stuff. Hasn't been really music. So I believe he does all this stuff to stay relevant in the media. Because that's their bread and butter. I I always battle with myself. If you've been on this journey with me, you've seen me come from a very negative, dark place to where I am today. You've seen the come up. You've seen me at my worst to be where I am today. And I still battle with a lot of things, of course. You don't get over everything overnight. It takes time. But I would say I'm like 95% good. 95% good. And the 5% is just this little inklings of thinking about what I did and things I've been through. 
But in general, I'm good. And I battle with myself as if I should take my career to the next level like that. I really battle it. You know, because, I mean, honestly, I have companies. I have the fashion. I have the style. I have the personality. But do I have the heart? Because the more I get to a certain plateau in my life, the more I kind of, and this may contradict what I was saying earlier. And you know I do that, but we're allowed to do this people. You know, have one thought one moment and then another the next. But I think to myself, do I have the heart to, act, to do those things that the people at that level do? Then there's a fear I have too, because the more I get up there status-wise money opportunity, the more I start to unfortunately understand their view. It is scary to be a black man that's successful in America. Because the more successful you are, the more you have to part your ways from the black community. Now, this may contradict everything I said. Support black. These artists aren't supporting black. I don't know. But I'm starting to understand. The more you, the more you get into anything when it comes to life in general, the more you, um, the more you start to notice that your biggest enemy is your own people. And it is hard to support black products and black services when you're at a certain level, when the services are apart or the products are apart and these are the same people that's trying to attack you and take what you have. It's hard. And, I, you know, you know, when you listen to me in this podcast, you know my podcast is about growth. And it's about me growing. And, and a lot of times when I'm on the podcast, when I'm talking things out, I get to hear myself and my ideas kind of maybe contradict, this, con- contradict itself. But that's okay because that's how we're supposed to think. Um, people are very complex. So it's okay to one minute think another way, but then maybe you thought about it and think another way. I 100% want to support black products and services. But to be honest, the older that I get, the more financial secure uh, financial security I get, the more I start to realize that it's hard to support black products. It's hard to so be in this community and support because at the end of the day, there are so many people out to get you and they're black. Now, we can go back to the mentality, systematic racism. We could do all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, what am I supposed to do to help break the cycle that we are embedded in? It is really hard. It's really difficult. Um. So on one end, when I look at these artists there, thinking to myself, why didn't I support Black? Then there's another side of me that says, they are more safe there than they will ever be 
back in the hood or around black people. And that's sad to say. Recently, we've had a lot of young rappers get shot and killed. A lot of them. From Nitsi to Pop Smoke to PNB to Young Dro. And it just goes on and on. And the, I think 99.9% of them were killed by black people. So it's difficult. Because I understand both sides. And it's hard. It is really hard. What do we do? How do we support? How do we grow as a people? How do we, how do we invest? How do we help? And I'm really sitting here thinking, no, I, I'm, you know, I've, you, you know, on my podcast, I'm 100% real. So the one thing you could never say is that I'm fake on my podcast, you know. I'm really thinking right now while I'm doing this podcast how I contradicted myself in this whole podcast. I'm thinking how I messed, how I created a problem in my mind now. Uh, all I did was create a scenario for people to say, yeah, you see, that's why I can't buy black. And it's very difficult. But what can we do? Like, inbox me with that. Like, go to my email and tell me what you think we can do. CastanovaWilliams at gmail.com. Email me. Because I want to revisit this. I, I want to start talking about solutions. Because at the end of the day, I don't know the solution. When I really think about everything, I don't know the solution. I don't know what we can do to help the black community. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I could do to feel safe in the black community. When I was in college, I used to go to the white parties and get white boy wasted. I'm talking about wasted, drunk. We were tore up. I mean, but you didn't worry about nothing. But in the black club, you always on your guard because always something's going to pop off. How do I feel safe in my black community? How? How do I feel safe in the community that is statistically the leading cause, going to be the leading cause of my death? How? You know? Like, and, and, this, and this is going to be controversial, but even when I see white people fight, they don't, they're not fighting with the, I'm going to kill Everybody here, they're just like white boys fighting in college. We like, oh, they fight, hit a, a couple of times, and that's it. Black people, we trying to kill each other. Like, it, it's difficult. Like, it's like I feel bad because I really contradicted myself. But then it's like, but that's the reality. So what do I do? What do we do as a people to feel safe in our, because that's what it comes down to, is feeling safe in your community. How do I feel safe in the black community? How do I feel 
like I could go to the hood or go to a black community, be around black people, trust black people, and they're going to appreciate me, appreciate everything I did, and I've, I'm safe. That's what it comes down to. And it's difficult it's difficult to answer that. How can I give back to a community that is my biggest threat? I'm really sitting here contemplating this. So my silence, don't think my silence that I'm not engaged. I'm really sitting here contemplating that question. Because I want to be successful. I want to be where I'm at financially. I want to keep going. I want to be successful. And I want to give the knowledge to my black people. But my people are my biggest threat. They're the ones that want to come rob me. They're the ones that want to come chase me down. They're the ones that want to come and, and harm me. So how do I support black? When it's the face of the enemy. I don't know. I don't know. And it bothers me that I don't know. So I'm going to leave it here, guys. I'm going to end a little early because I've, hit a point where I have some thinking to do. But you know what? You can catch me at castanoblewings.com. If you want to listen to this podcast or any other podcast, go to blackmensmentalhealth.com and you can listen to this podcast and any other podcast. Um, I mean, this podcast and all the other podcasts that I've done. Like I said, I want to thank you so much for supporting this podcast, for making it top of the world. And like I said, I appreciate you so much. You know, and the questions I, I'm asking, the true answers that maybe I didn't finish on such a light note as usual. But you know what? It's something we need to think about. So I'm going to look out for your emails to, to, to show me, you know, to give me suggestions. And then I'll talk about those suggestions to see how they work. Because I love my people. I love being black. I love our culture. And I want to save it. But what do we need to do? And that's the question. Because I don't want to die. I don't want to be harmed. I don't want to be in a position. I don't want to be in a position where I get hurt. So let me know. CassandraWilliams at gmail.com. Leave some messages about this particular Put in, in subject, better, better the culture. And so I'll know that's what it's about. So I can separate from the other ones. And let's talk about it because, you know, I talk about the problems, but that's all about the solutions. And I want to talk about the solutions. So if you have suggestions, I'll put it on the show. Okay. All right. Until next time, y'all.